across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Well, the Independent Electoral Commission announcing last week it will be heading to court for guidance regarding the postponement of the October 27 local government elections. They've accepted the recommendations of Judge uh, Dihang Mosanege's inquiry, which said uh, should the elections go ahead in October, they would not be free and fair. Mosanege uh, suggesting that elections should be held in February, no later than February next year. Ropafadzo Mapo is an author and researcher at the South African Institute for Advanced Constitutional, Public, Human Rights and International Law at the University of Johannesburg and joins us now. Uh, Rob Pafadzo, good morning. Morning, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So let's talk about the deferment, the postponement of elections. Now the IEC, of course, is having to look at the legalities of it and which path to take, the electoral court, whether to go to the constitutional court. Is there a clear set way that the IEC can approach this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, there are actually two main routes that could have been taken um, in order to ensure that the elections are postponed. The first would be um, a constitutional amendment, because as you probably know, um, Section 159 of the Constitution sets out that municipal councils only have a term that lasts for five years, and an election must be held within 90 days of expiration of that term. So clearly now the IC has decided that it's impossible to hold an election within um, by October, which is actually when elections must be held. So the first part would be to approach Parliament for a constitutional amendment of Section 159. But it seems that um, the IEC is currently leaning towards the second route, which is to approach a competent court for an order um, allowing the IEC to postpone the election. So um, currently, we're not sure yet whether they're going to the Constitutional Court. As they said, they are awaiting advice. But um, my, my thought uh, is that they are probably going to be advised to approach the Constitutional Court for in the, to that effect. Mm. And I want you to explain to to explain this idea of a competent court. One would have thought that um, the constitutional court was the obvious option, but it sounds like the the electoral court could also be an option for the IEC to approach. What happens in either instance? Um, so generally, the electoral the electoral court actually has. Um, the jurisdiction of uh, of a high court and a supreme court, so it is only subordinate to the constitutional court. So um, the reason why there seems to be confusion around the issue of jurisdiction is because the electoral court um, has got the highest authority in matters relating to elections. We will note that um, already the IEC has approached the electoral court about eight times this year um, with regard to the postponing of. The, the local elections. So now the obvious option really seems to be the constitutional court because the, because the constitutional court has got the jurisdiction to hear constitutional matters. In my opinion, the electoral court does not have such jurisdiction. So the obvious choice in this matter would be the constitutional court. Mm. What would make the national election different to, let's say, your by-elections? Well, with the national election, it's... A, it, the electoral court would obviously def- would have to defer um, its jurisdiction to the constitutional court because, first of all, um, 
I'm sure political parties would not agree to actually defer or to postpone national elections. So I I anticipate there would be a a lot more disparity Mm. regarding whether or not to postpone the national elections. It seems, of course, there's already a stark contrast between the positions of different political parties with uh, the local election, but it seems they are more willing to let this election be postponed, but I anticipate a lot more debate if it was on a larger scale, such as a national election. Of course, the situation also creates complications in as far as local government is concerned because we now also look at a situation where local municipalities and some of the metro councils, their term will come to an end. And they, of course, are going to uh, cease functioning when when November kicks in. Are we going to need a legal framework to deal with that and speak to that issue? Absolutely. I think this is the reason why um, approaching a court at present is the most feasible solution. Because if a constitutional amendment were to be made by parliament, that is a much longer process. And we would definitely not be ready to um, postpone elections by October because generally a bill amending the constitution takes, um, at its fastest, would probably be about three months or four months. Mm. And that would be beyond October. So by then, our municipal councils will no longer have any force or effect to make any legal um, decisions. So it seems, um, of course, the likelihood of a court order on its own is very is, is debatable. We don't. There is no precedent. We've never had a case like this in mm-hmm. South Africa, where a, a court had to decide whether or not to postpone elections. So we don't even know whether this order will be successful. But if it has not, um, I'm not sure what other legal alternatives there would be to give municipal councils any authority. What are the parameters that will exist? So for for the for the local municipalities and 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 the the, the councils that uh, you know effectively come cease to exist on um, the, 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 the beginning of November. Does it require an extension within a court order, the same court order that would be postponing the election? Would they need to also give an extension of these council's terms or will that have to be dealt with separately? That can actually be included in the court order uh, mm-hmm. because, as actually uh, Deputy Chief, former Deputy Chief Justice Montenegro says in his uh, recommendation, he suggests that the court order should actually indicate um, uh, the date on which the powers of the existing municipal councils will actually come in end. So there will have to be an extension of the term for the municipal councils, and the specific date which says this is when this municipal council ceases to function. What happens if, like you were alluding to earlier, the court does not grant this order? In that case, um, the IEC could be forced to um, continue with the election. Of Mm. course, then the court could be faced with the possibility that another action will be instituted before the court questioning the validity of the election. Mm. Either way, um, this issue is going to come before court, Cathy, because (laughs) the court will have... Will be forced yeah. to determine whether or not this was a valid election if they are forced to proceed. Because if, if you have a court, simply as you were saying, because there's no precedent around this, if you have a court denying this 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 order to postpone elections, you could well then have other entities that mm-hmm. bring applications to interdict the elections if the IEC has to go ahead. 
Absolutely, um, that is definitely a possibility, and um, it, it's it's a bit diff- it's a difficult situation to also place a court in because this is in effect um, trying to suspend a provision of the constitution, a binding provision for that matter, because uh, the court basically has to say no, we're ignoring um, section 159 of the constitution for now, just to allow to protect uh, the majority of South Africans or the voting um, population rather. So it's a very difficult situation for the court to be in as well. Mm, mm. And and talk to me about separation of powers here, because uh, I think that's also an important part of, of, of the conversation. Do we run the risk of seeing that, that overlap? Uh, ultimately, often it is the minister who sets the date for the election. And, um, you know, that falls under the ambit of of uh, traditional governance and cooperative affairs. The fact that this matter ultimately lies in the hands of the court. Well, there is, of course, an issue of um, the separation of powers because ultimately um, the domain of politics is supposed to be for the executive, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned. This is usually the domain of the minister and so forth. But then again, um, I would not say that there is really a breach of the separation in this case Mm -hmm. because now we're dealing with a constitutional matter. And as we know, our courts are the guardians of the constitution. So they actually have the constitutional powers to intervene in this case because they can't just allow our executive to contravene the constitution without intervening themselves. All right. Let me go to Lisiba in Khobukwane. Lisiba, good morning. Good morning, Sir Kate, and good mm. morning to our guest, and thanks for having me. You see, Sir Kate, I must be very clear as the leader of the ANC that we as the ANC, the things of postponing elections we are not going to entertain it and we are just simply saying and we said it long ago that we are ready for the elections and we are ready for elections to be held as constitutional constitutionally detecting to us but if the Ham Seneke and other political parties in parliament they agree to postpone the election it means it should be their own making we are not even there so we'll agree with that considering the views that the Ham Seneke received but to amend the constitution just to cater for short term, it will be a very bad president to be said because you can't amend constitution for short term gains like incre- uh, extending elections with four months. If we, we will be honest, Seskit, uh, uh, what is it that is happening under the current situation of COVID-19? It is normal and fair. Our children are going to school today. They are not safe for going to back to school, but we don't have a choice. People are going to work. People are queuing every month to receive social grant, and mm. we're even increasing that the number now with 350. But it's not even fair for those people because the space is not allowed for regulation to be implemented. What is so important for the political parties to have a fair situation and a new normal under a new normal nothing is fair and the political parties must adjust to a new normal they must be able to do away big rallies they must just do their elections on the net on the social media and go to elections that was only going to be fair for us so so so, lisiba what about the fact that the conditions that exist under COVID 19 make the process of trying to reach out to voters almost impossible for political parties and, yeah. and what about that that and and how it affects the 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 ability of an election or how it contributes rather to an election being declared free and fair uh, is, is such a big determining factor 
No, 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 no. We can't say the political parties can't reach out the voters. The only means that is not possible now. It's a mass gathering because it, uh, we are waiting the 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 the, 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 the big political rallies. But to talk to the voters, you can still use the 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 the, the, the methods that are there. Your social media uh, contact with the individual members mm. through phones and so many things, except the big rallies. But to say. We are going to have a free and fair election only if we have a big rallies. It will tell you, even for, after four months, we might have a situation that we are dealing with the fourth wave and then it's very difficult. And are we going to amend the constitution and extend the elections again? That would be very unfair to other political parties that still need to contest the election. When the service delivery is undermined, they will be saying the ANC has been given illegal mandate because you are saying to the ANC, continue to run these big metros. You are saying to the ANC, continue to run all the municipalities. Because if you extend the elections, you are extending the term of office for the African National Congress, which is visually in charge of these municipalities. And that's why we're saying we don't want to be party to that. All right. Lisiba, thanks for that. Uh, Ropafazo, any any views that you, you want to weigh in there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I agree in part to what um, he just said. Um, so firstly, I just want to clarify that the IEC right now is not going forward with the constitutional amendment. Um, the IEC chairperson has said that currently they're going to approach the court for a court order. So the advantage of a court order is that the court order will only apply for this upcoming election. So there is no risk that um, in future a, a constitutional amendment, that a provision exists that can be abused or misused in future. Mm. So, for example, if a constitutional amendment had been made, that would mean we now have a provision in our constitution which allows for the postponement of, of local elections in future. However, that is not the case right now. This court order will only be effective in respect of these elections. So, I, so I, I understand that concern, but I don't think it's um, valid in relation to the present case right now. All right. Let me take another quick call. Mike and Bulukwani. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kisaskete. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right, man. I just want to just contribute a little bit on the conversation. Sure. Go for it. Yes. You know what? Uh, as South African, we know which party is going to lead. So I don't see there a reason to postpone the the election because you can't postpone with three months to four months because there are some people who want to benefit with the last month you see and then uh you remember we have the issues of councillor the what committees and the mayors those so we want to remove those guys into power so you want to so, put the new one. So, so, so Mike, you, you know, and, and this is an important conversation because we've got communities that are saying we've been let down by these people that we have elected. Um, but the damage has been done, right? The damage yeah. has been done over the course of uh, of the five-year term. Yeah. Um, when we look at the argument for preservation of lives, preservation of limiting human interaction to limit the spread of COVID-19. Do you not think that that is a strong enough argument? Yeah, the, you know, the, the people, the, uh, no one among us, you know, how how long is going to last, live with this uh, pandemic mm. and how long is going to last. Remember, we have the issues of the what committees and the what councillors and the, remember, the, remember with the food parcel. They took the food parcel, they give it to their families. Mm. So now they are postponing the election. They are going to still something. 
what are you hiding? Why don't you go to the ballot and to, uh, to elect the, the new leadership of the country? Mm. Well, they've run out of budgets, and I suppose, Mike, that's that's another part of this question, right? Um, what what happens to the budgets in, from a local government perspective? Uh, will they need to be given some money to get them through the next four months, or will they get no money? Um, hopefully, uh, Ropafazo will be able to weigh in on that for us. Uh, it's 10.30. Let me go to the news headlines, and we'll continue our conversation. I'll also just take a couple more of your calls. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Remember, you can also get in touch with us. The numbers are 011-714-2006. That's the number to use uh, when you call in on the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107. We're in conversation with Ropafazo Maposa. She's an author and researcher at the South African Institute for Advanced Constitutional public human rights and international law at the University of Johannesburg. Ropafaz, of course, we had Mike just before we got into the news headlines, and he was also expressing a concern about these councils and possibly councillors that people want to get rid of, and that, you know, this could well be another opportunity, another four months of, of looting for those that have been doing a good job. Yeah. Oh, for those that have been doing a bad job, not a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Kathy, of course, um, citizens are going to be concerned. And Mm. I just want to highlight that obviously the decision to postpone these elections was not taken very lightly. Um, There were a lot of concerns that had to be taken into account. And I'm sure the same will happen in court as well. The court really has to consider whether there are exceptional circumstances to this. In his report, um, the Deputy Chief Justice highlighted that these are exceptional circumstances that are requiring these elections to be postponed. I mean, we don't know yet whether we'll be in the fourth wave um, by by October. We don't know um, whether lives will be massively threatened. These are all things to consider. Of course, there are going to be negative consequences to that. But I think it's a matter of balancing the scales and saying, is it really worth risking lives? Is it Mm. really worth having... Um, elections are not necessarily free and fair and in the end people's views could actually people's um, interests could be compromised if we do not have free and fair elections and then we find ourselves again with the same elections with the same um, candidates that we're trying to get rid of and and for those who feel that the the very decision of not having the the elections on the 27th of October is imposing and infringing on on their rights um, you know, what is the recourse available to them? Because even if you have political parties uh, agree across the board that elections should be postponed, when you listen to how strongly citizens feel about it, you could well face different type of action led by civil society groups that actually say, and independent candidates that, that actually say, well, actually, um, you know, we want this election to go ahead. Absolutely. And this is and if an application is made to court, such parties can actually join into the application and oppose it. Mm. They can and they can also approach the electoral court and just because the electoral court is where complaints are directed to, so they can also lay complaints with the electoral court, with the electoral commission or join in into this application before the court and let the court know. Um, courts often uh, employ uh, what's called uh, civil society organizations as amicus curiae, which means they get to weigh in on the 
submissions being made during a case and let the and let the court know whether or not they are, whether or not um, citizens are in support of this application. Jimmy in Khobokwane, good morning, Jimmy. Hi, good morning. Just get away. I'm well, thank you. Good, good. Uh, look, I think the, the former TPG Chief Justice was mis, misled or misadvised. Mm. Remember the same uh, COVID-19 health task team that advised him is the same that advised the president, right? Now, you cannot use the fourth variant as a reason to postpone elections, but give the president the go-ahead to take country to level three. Immediately when you make the 350 grants available to the people, have you ever seen those long queues at the post office? Mm, mm, mm. Those are the same long queues that you are going to see at the voting stations. I mean, there's no difference. You get what I'm saying? If there's a regulation in place that says people can go to the mall and observe the 1.5, the same regulation can apply to the voting stations. So I don't see any difference. That is why I'm saying I think he was mis, uh, mis, misadvised, was not advised accordingly there. And the second issue will be the issue of the, child, of the courts. I think the courts have got a serious issues here. They'll have a serious problem to resolve this matter. Yeah. Because immediately when you are going to say that the, the, the elections should go on, you don't want to see what happened in Kenya between Uhuru Kenyatta and Oriel Odinga, whereby the same people who said the elections must continue, there'll be the same people who are going to approach the court to say, you know, the elections were not free and they actually facing yeah. two case situations. You're raising such an important issue, Jimmy, because there's so many ways in which this case can get complicated, Ropafazo. And, uh, mm. you know, are there going to be clear-cut ways of, of cutting through this complication? And and oftentimes, you know, one does get a sense that where certain groups are concerned, they will litigate for the sake of litigating. Yes, absolutely, Kathy. That is very true. Um like I said, we don't have any precedent, so we don't know yet what approach the courts are actually going to employ in order to determine um, their ultimate decision. Um, so obviously the main standard right now is to determine whether or not there are exceptional circumstances which allow for the postponing of the elections. So regarding to what Jimmy is saying, it is actually up to the court to decide whether these are exceptional circumstances, whether this is actually whether it is not reasonably possible to hold free and fair elections. So if the courts find that it is actually possible to have um, free and fair elections, it is possible that um, the submissions made by the IEC, by the IEC will be thrown out. Skosana in Klokwe, good morning. How are you, Sis Katie? I'm well, thank you. Not a day. Mm. Man, look, Sis Katie, since 2003, we have never had a free and fair election. No, this is not for the first time that the, the IEC finds themselves in this predicament. 2016, the election they, were, they, they had to go through because of the, the ruling of the, 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 the Constitutional Court, if you still remember, when the judge The address said, issue. The address issue. Mm. They, were, they were exposed by the, 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 the clockwork uh, 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 kind of... That, those by-elections of clockwork. Look... I was, I was, 
I was the main man there. I, I always, people, I, I'm sorry, maybe Luana, when time goes on, you're not going to, going to take my calls. People are saying, no, they call it Selalani. I said, I, I am the one who contested Mr. David Kam under the umbrella of the ANC. And that judgment was from the one-sided. People said, uh, Mr. Mr. Kam and his company, they went to the constitutional court saying, uh, uh, crying about the address issue. Mm. But the very same people, they became councillors in 2011. The voters' right did not have an address. Thousands, if not millions of people voted in wrong VDs, wrong wards, and wrong provinces, and wrong municipalities. But in 2011, they've never went to court and say, yeah, 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 the, uh, uh, the irregularities. Even in 2016, when they came back, they managed to secure two seats. The very same thing happened. They never went to constitutional court and say, yeah, are the irregularities. Now, I always tell people, the IEC is the most incompetent, even worse than public protect. And then people say it's because of a uh, 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 lost salary, blah, 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 blah. Of course, Skosana, there are many people that would agree that would disagree with you, rather, in terms of the competency of the IEC. In fact, even just some of the data, comparatively, when you compare the IEC to other institutions that run uh, elections <laughs> in different parts of the country, you know, the, the, the data the data doesn't quite correspond with what you're saying. Let, let, but that let, being said, you are absolutely correct in as far as the issues around addresses that that had been made so I, i'm assuming that you're saying that the previous elections were not free and fair because the address issue existed in those elections as well but the, the it was not contested let, let me tell you this casey the 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 act was amendment in 2003 but it is only until at 2013 the elections were now we started to hear things about the address issue. Mm. But the, the act was amended in 2003. That is why I'm saying the elections since 2003 have never been free and fair. Let's, let, let's make an example okay. of 2019. Uh, I've, I've got a break coming up, Skosana. I need to take that break. I will continue after this. Okay. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. So, Skosan, I'm going to give you one minute just to finish making your point, and then uh, Rob Pafadzo will also have an opportunity to respond to you. Yeah, let, let me just take two things quickly. The, the last election, the 2019 elections, the most worst contravention of the elections happened there. The legal people used to say the intention to do something wrong to influence the results. People voted twice, and it, there was an evidence there was... Eight cases opened, there were 24 people arrested. People voted to in, influence the results. But that thing never had, that never went to court. The, the, the last one that I'm going to want to uh, mention now. You see, I think it's going to court and other political parties. In, those, in that court hearing, they are going to use a calm judgment and the Mosoka judgment as a, a, a reference. And let me tell you this, Katie, that judge can judge can judgment is based on the one story. And in most cases, those people just cooked uh, stories or just lied to the constitutional court only for the judgment to favor them. One day we will have time to speak to me. 
I will give you, if I say elections were not free and fair, maybe, let's say, hey, since 2013, I'll give you since 2013, all the by-elections and what happened, all the irregularities since from the Nesi Maolo, Yamaliti Apufung, the clock, well, now last time there was a by-elections here, all, right. all the by-elections, I'm going to give you the irregularities in each and every one election. All right. Thank All right, Kosana. Thanks for calling in. I think, of course, the, the, the thing is there is a mechanism that is available to uh, different parties, different individuals when it comes to uh, querying the elections. And we see that after each and every election. So once it has been given the green light, it's difficult after the fact to come back and say that this was not free and fair. So that is part of Kosana's view. But I think the fact that those elections have been upheld says something different. Ropafazo? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Kathy. I was actually going to say the same thing, um, that if the political parties themselves do not challenge the freeness or the fairness of the elections, then there is really nothing that the Constitutional Court can do because the courts do not institute actions by themselves. They do not just decide to start investigating if a complaint is not laid. So in that case, um, it, it really is up to the political parties to lay a complaint or to institute an action challenging the fairness of an election. Anonymous, let me wrap up with you very quickly. Good morning, Anonymous. Morning, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm not going to be long. I just want to support uh, what the previous caller has said mm. about the free and fair elections. Because the elections of 2019 was declared free and fair but there is a lady who was arrested. The, call, the previous caller is right. Cases were opened, people were arrested, but nothing happened to lose. But there is a case where a lady was arrested and he, she was charged. She appeared in court in June. She was found guilty for contra- contravening the uh, electoral act. So if the lady voted more than once and she was found guilty by court, how do we now say in the, the, the elections were free and fair? It's it, and 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 it's one lady that you're talking about. It's one lady, but other doctors that I know about were withdrawn in court. I don't know what happened. I don't know what was the reason. But the other cases which I was following, a lady was found guilty in June for contravening the the the, the, the electoral act. How do we then say that the elections are? How do we start now? I see in this uh, situation. Okay, Rapafazo. Um, in that case, you know, I, I was actually unaware of the case where someone was arrested for contaminating elections. Of course, um, whether on the challenge of the free of the fairness of the election would have had to come from a particular party or instituted before court. So someone, a party was supposed to actually rely on that and maybe challenge the election on that basis. But it seems no party tried to challenge the election on that very basis. And, and in the in the case of of of, of somebody like this, where um, they have been found to actually uh, have 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 contravened some of the systems, how does the IEC account for that in its own um, vote counting processes? Yes, Katie. Because I imagine that that's that's what you're pointing we us to, hey, anonymous. Details, we can give you the details and then you can make a follow-up on it. And yeah. Get the details. Yeah. Look, maybe what we also need to do is to to invite the IEC on just to, again, explain to us how also, they... Invite, sorry to intervene while you're talking, but mm. I need to run Also intervene, ask the, 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 the SAPS about that case. They will give you the information. The lady was found guilty. Then you can get... So that people can be aware that well of what is happening about the IEC. Okay. All right. Thanks Anonymous in the East okay. Rand, thanks for that call. Right. Uh, so, Ropafadzo, yes, something for us to follow up on there, but perhaps your parting shot. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think um, the free, the fairness of elections is something for citizens to be concerned about. I think there are valid concerns on the side of the IEC, of the IEC regarding um, the fairness of elections in the context of the pandemic, and there are also valid considerations from citizens who def- who want to ex- want to exercise their right to vote and um, immediately get rid of candidates that they feel have not been representing their interests. But I think ultimately it will it, is, it will be interesting to see what the courts decide on whether or not this is an exceptional case and whether or not to grant the postponement of elections further. I think whichever way we look at it, uh, Ropafazo, we could be well in for a lot of litigation. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Ropa Fazo Maposa, she's an author and researcher at the South African Institute for Advanced Constitutional Public Human Rights and International Law. It's at the University of Johannesburg.